0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Contrarian Marketing Podcast, episode number eight, where we share ideas with you you might not be thinking about. Today, we're talking about whether working from home is actually good or not. And speaking of work or speaking of not work, Eli, uh, what did you do over the holidays?
1: I did a lot of nothing. I went on I went on vacation I spent a, a week in Hawaii, and then typically on vacation when my kids are on vacation. So my kids were on vacation, so therefore... I couldn't work mostly because I have FOMO. If they're hanging out, I want to be hanging out and just relaxed. This is, you know, my favorite time of year where clients aren't bothering me. In the past, I've had like some really big clients who are like, is it okay if we cancel our meetings in December? I'm like, it's fine. I mean, you're paying regardless because, you know, we're on a contract. If you don't want to meet and don't want to do work, that's that's up to you. What about you? What do you do?
0: Yeah, I love that. Um... I actually, uh, I think along the same lines, I actually decided for myself that moving forward every year, I just, I'm just going to take the last two weeks of the year off because nothing really happens. Nobody is in a work mood. D- this year and maybe the end of last year, we're a little different because of the recession or because of the economic downturn and, and, and companies kind of slowly take away more benefits like a two-week shutoff. But me, for myself, I decided to to just take that time off completely and then either um shift the work before and after or or just not invoice my clients or 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 whatever right like figure something out but be very deliberate and 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 clear that that's two weeks of the year i'm going to take completely off uh it was really refreshing i went to new york city uh had a really good time there saw michael jackson musical which is amazing huge michael jackson fan and i can 10 out of 10 recommend did a tremendous job um I just spent some time with my family, man. It was, uh, it was, it was really good and a very like you know, something different. In the past couple of years, I would typically work over the holidays um, uh, for, for most of the time. And this year was different and I loved it.
1: That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I did a little bit of work.
1: I mean, if clients want to have a meeting, I had a meeting. But the, I love the clients that really turn off. But I, I got to say, like on the flip side, like you and I are both consultants and this is like the benefit. Of working for yourself, you get to make a decision like that by yourself that you 're not going to work and you 're not going to invoice clients honestly if i if I had someone working for me i I love seeing them work on the holidays like I love knowing that <laughs> you know they 're sending me emails like there 's a company i 'm working with right now that they 're doing something for me, and like they emailed me the morning of like you know december twenty fourth like no one else is working. And like they're emailing and asking me for responses. And I'm like, Hey, I know I paid you, but like I'm packing to go to Hawaii. So I I think this like, there's this hustle culture where like people are working, like they're, they're with their families and they're ignoring their families and working. And like, I think it's a, it's a bad thing. You know, again, it's a good thing when I, people are doing it for me. I I like it. Like I like knowing that they're responsive and available, but I think it's probably bad in general. And it's one of the aspects of like our our changing work landscape, like back in the day when you you were not working on a computer, you went to the office and like you looked at papers, you'd have to like drag your briefcase with you on vacation to the beach, like bring the whole box and like you know look at your papers and like write stuff on a notebook <laughs> <laughs> now it's really easy You just like you know you bring your phone and you bring your slack and if you send a message and if like again people bosses that send messages to their employees on Slack and then their employees have to open up their Slack to respond. And then the whole day shot, not, not great. Right. Like not in a great place, but I, this is obviously like a, a, you know, it's a work from home thing. It's changing, changing lifestyle thing. Like I hate work from home. Where where are you on that?
0: You hate work from home? No, I love work from home. Absolutely love work from home. Uh, You know, look like just, just the fact that my commute is now five seconds as opposed to over an hour. Uh, is amazing. When when I lived back in San Francisco in the Bay Area, I had to take the train from Palo Alto to the city. Took me over an hour one way. The time on that train is is not very productive. You can maybe answer a couple of emails or do some things, but you're constantly interrupted, uh, constantly moving. Oftentimes, you cannot sit down. And now, you know, it's like I, I wake up, I make coffee, breakfast, go into the office, I, I work. A bunch of hours, and then I go to the gym, and then I'm I'm done for the day. I'm saving over two hours that I used to have to spend on commuting, including the 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 cost, and it wasn't crazy expensive, but you know, still some cost. There's all these downstream benefits of of working from home. Another one that people often forget is just you can go to the doctor, or you can like you know maybe be more, a bit more flexible. You can receive packages and all that kind of stuff. So, it's I th- I think it allows people to be much more flexible. I will acknowledge that. There is probably a difference for certain people. I think, for example, young people—you um, know, if you're fresh out of college, for example, or maybe you, maybe all people in their twenties—I um, think for them it makes a lot of sense to go to the office because they they want to meet other people, they want to be around other people. Uh, and then comes a time where I think that you, you know, you, you it's it's not as bad anymore if you're at home most of the time. So you, you say you, you disagree with that. You you want to? So you're a consultant. You want to go back to an office?
1: we prepped a whole different episode here, but I I think we got to do this. We got to talk about work from home. I completely disagree with you on this.
0: This episode is sponsored by Ahrefs. If you're looking for ways to drive more SEO traffic, you need to take a look at Ahrefs. Ahrefs allows you to find and fix technical errors, keyword gaps with your competitors, and internal link opportunities. Many of the best SEOs in the game use Ahrefs, and so do Eli and I. It's a key tool in our work. We've been using it for many years, with some of the best tech companies in the world. Check out hrefs.com and sign up for a free seven-day trial.
1: So first of all, you didn't do your commute effectively. I commuted from Palo Alto to San Mateo on the train, and I wrote a (laughs) book. I wrote my book on that train. (laughs) So I I write like I would have goals. I'm like, sometimes I go to San Francisco, and I'm like, I'm I'm getting on this train, and by the time I get off the train, there's going to be 600 words on this page. Some of those words were. Absolutely awful. And I'm just like, if I add the word end, 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 like four times, like counts as a word. But I got this when I made those goals, I got those goals and like I edited it down from there. Like my book doesn't have four ends in a row, I don't think, in it. But <laughs> I used my commute time really effectively. I used my commute time to listen to audiobooks, read physical books, listen to podcasts. And like that's the stuff I don't do right now. Like I hardly ever read, I hardly ever listen to other podcasts because I don't have that time. Like there's no the buffer time, and I think it was really good. To be fair, I love working from home. I love being home. I love that flexibility. But I don't know that it's necessarily good for everyone. And I think they, the idea of working from home being permanent and being granted to people actually takes away something that many people benefit from. I think we need a more flexible style. I think like, and we got to dig into this with the data, but like being able to work from home twice a week. Now you have two days a week, you can have your doctor's appointments. You have your two days a week, you can you know, maybe go on a date with your your, your significant other. You have a two days a week where you get your packages delivered, something like that. But I, I think the idea that you don't have an office to go to and you don't have a home to go to, and even worse, that you're not, I think some people need to be forced to go because now when you're not forced to go, then some people are going to choose to never go. And I think being forced to go is a is a good thing.
0: Do you know what the worst type of work from home is? What's that? Hybrid. Hybrid oh. is the worst because... And look, there's different types of hybrid, right? There's a hybrid where you say you can stay at home two weeks... Sorry, two days a week. And then you go to the office three days a week. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the hybrid where companies have people who work remotely... And people who work in the office all the time, and the reason that 's bad is because if some people work remotely and others in the office, then the people working remotely don't have the same access to um to other people they cannot build the same relationships you know they 're not as present, not as visible, and that is a losing position. I remember uh, when I worked at Atlassian, there were some people who were allowed to work from home completely rem- like like full time. But these people were always passed for promotions. They didn't get a lot of visibility. They didn't get the best projects, right? So it, in my mind, it's an it's an either or decision. Either everyone can work from home or, or you know, like maybe contractors, but full-time people should ideally not work from home. And to, to your point, though, being forced to come back to the office, I actually think that a lot of tech companies right now use the return to office as a way to lay off tech workers Oh, absolutely. Uh, so a lot of it's, it's like this this thing, this thing that nobody talks about i call it silent layoffs it's it's pretty crazy i, I wrote about how um how many people a lot of, of big tech companies hired in the pandemic and they're you know like now that revenues come back to baseline after the pandemic um they still have these people and, it's, and they're you know they, they have to they have to reduce their headcount there's there's no way around it and some companies um they they use the the forcing people to return to offices as a way to just reduce their headcount because they know that not everybody can come back or will come back i know people at at all the big tech companies at fang companies uh who say that that's exactly what's happening you know they they moved during the pandemic bought a house somewhere else moved to the parents whatever and now they're forced to come back and there's just no way that this is going to work. So they're, they're quitting and it's good for the company because, I mean, you know, good, uh, quote unquote, good. Uh, but the benefit for the company is that they saved their severance because the employee decided to not come back to the office, which was originally stated in the contract. By the way, also some that Elon Musk used with Ver
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that highway, But I also think, you know, there's a client I worked with. They they were fully remote. They were fully remote before 2020. This is they weren't a pandemic thing. And when I was working with them, I would say things like, Let's get an engineer to do this. Who's the engineer that does this particular thing? And my point of contact would say, I don't know. I just file a ticket and someone picks it up. Because that person could be in Thailand, that person could be in, you know, LA. They don't know. And they don't know how to build that relationship. And I know and and you've seen the same, like in our careers doing SEO. We don't do stuff. We get other people to do stuff. So if you don't have that relationship of like engineer, this is important to me, not important to you, but it's important to me. Can you do this for me? It might not get done. And therefore you never get that opportunity to shine. Like you can't fix the entire site because the engineer says, Oh, I get it. You filed a ticket. I have to, I I have to do what you told me to do, but it is the lowest priority ticket ever. And it's on the back burner. I'm going to do it in like Q1 of 2027. Right. So like the way you get that (laughs) done tomorrow Is that relationship. And I watched this with this fully remote, non-hybrid company. There was no relationships. I went to like this company uh, four times a year. They had each of their teams get together. So I went to their marketing gathering. They, They pick a city in America and they all gather together. There was like 200 people in the room. They didn't know each other. Right. In theory, they were on Slack. They were a fully remote company, they did stuff, billion-dollar company, but they didn't really know each other. And I've never been in that situation where like I didn't know my teammates. You know, I maybe didn't always like them, maybe didn't know everything about them, but like I knew what made them tick. And the other thing is you were saying about like the fully remote employees. I always think about, you know, when I worked at SurveyMonkey, they had an office in Portland and we would like do and another office in Ottawa and we do a lot of work with those offices. But once the video conference was turned off, that meeting continued. It just, you had cut out those other people. And, you know, when it comes to building those relationships and knowing who to promote and knowing who does a good job, they're not a part of that conversation because that conversation happened with the video off. So I'm a huge fan for the economy and for like the growth of people's careers of being in the office. Again, a personal fan. Of the flexibility for myself but i don't think that's a good thing
0: it's 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 true that the meeting continues um but my counter argument to yours would be that if you have to ask an engineer to to prioritize your low priority ticket then there's probably something else not going well uh in the company for seo uh that probably you should wonder like why is it not a higher priority uh if you have to back channel right or side channel um to to an engineer is probably something uh going wrong but it is true that that relationships are important uh, at companies uh and it is true that it's it's much much harder to build remotely and i think companies just ha- have to change their mindset right you cannot you cannot operate the same way when everybody works from home um at Shopify, we went through that whole learning curve we had these regular meetups uh once a quarter uh, sometimes more often, where we would spend all the time on on forging relationships, on spending time together, getting to know each other, because trust is one of the most important ingredients when it comes to baking a high-performing team. Some interesting stats that I found is uh, th- there was this like really interesting McKinsey research uh, where in spring of 2022, so very recent, they surveyed 25,000 people, uh, and they found out that 58% work from home at least once a week, but 35% work from home five days a week. So full-time for a week. That's actually pretty significant. That's a third of the uh, surveyed workforce. Uh, and of course, 41% don't have a choice, which just means that there are some jobs that are really hard, where it's really hard to work from home. Uh, but interestingly, these stats were the same across blue-collar and white-collar workers. And another interesting um, tidbit from the study is that when people are offered to work remotely, 87% of people take it. So most people want to work from home. Not everybody can work from home. Uh, And something I said earlier that was also validated in this uh, survey or in this study is that younger people are most likely to struggle when working from home, again, because they need to 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 forge friendships and and meet colleagues and be around other people sometimes meet you know their 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 partners or, or you know uh, maybe maybe date someone but I think for young people it's it's a, it's a very different situation and it would add one more group to those people who struggle and that's the that, that those are people who have kids at home and for for who it is really really difficult to separate themselves uh, from kids to uh, to focus on the actual work however. When you focus, like when you work from home, typically productivity goes up by a lot, unless you kill it with meetings, which is a topic we we're talking about another time.
1: Yeah, I, I think people choose to work from home. They would choose to work from home, but it's not necessarily the, their best choice. I think if you're highly productive, if you're the kind of person that's self motivated. Then yes, it, work from home could be good. But if you're not the kind of person that's self motivated, and there are just people like that where. They're not good at running their own schedule and they want to be prompted. And they want to be dragged to meetings and they need their boss to sit next to them to make them super productive. I think those people need to be forced into the office for the good of themselves, not just for the good of the economy. You know, there's a, I think there's an entire Reddit subreddit on this where people have multiple jobs and they talk <laughs> about how to scam their employers. Like there was, I saw a Reddit post around someone had four jobs. Those people should work from home. It, kudos to them if they can figure out how to four jobs and have no one know about that. Like the scam is like, how do you post something on LinkedIn without any of your other three company coworkers knowing that, <laughs> that you have four jobs? Fascinating, right? So like those people work from home, right? That's a great job. You get four jobs, make hundreds of thousands of dollars. But for other people who just sit at home and they, they need, they're not going to get promoted. It's going to be much harder to get promoted. They're not going to get seen. Their work isn't going to show up as much because again, they're not, they're not, they're not as motivated to push themselves. I think that's bad. We want smart people to show up in the workforce. We want smart people out there. And then I think also there's the economic impacts to this. CNN had an article about, how like how how many how few people are eating out so 54 percent of work from home employees so they go out to dinner less frequently that dinner that's not even lunch right like i'm in the bay area and there's so many lunch places that are empty do you remember uh cal ave in palo alto the parking no. lot behind cal ave no okay so california avenue the, the second downtown in palo alto there's a parking lot behind all the restaurants and I was never, ever able to get a spot there anytime during the daylight hours. Cause like all those restaurants were always super popular and there weren't enough spots. Now, whenever I go there, there's, they're like two thirds empty. Like there are no workers going out to lunch during the day. There are no workers going anywhere. They're not going, not going out to coffee. So I think that's bad for the economy. I think people sitting home, they're not spending money is bad for the economy aside from it being bad for themselves. Again, I I think, Companies should force employers to co- employees to come in for the good of themselves, for the good of the company and the good of the economy. That's where I am on this. But again, like I, I can see that some people do want more of that flexibility.
0: Yeah, 100%. And by the way, the subreddit, Overemployed, has 130,000 members. And you find crazy things like, you know, I make $300,000 with three jobs and I'm working 12 hours every day. If you were me, would you maintain this lifestyle? Um, it's... Um, I don't. Know, it's highly questionable. If if I were a CEO of a company and I would figure out that my employees had several full time jobs, different than a side hustle, I would I would certainly fire them. I think it's also against contract. Uh, tricky one. And regarding your you know point about lunches, I think there's also probably some benefits to that, like people cooking for themselves, uh, people maybe eating healthier. Um, but of course for these restaurants, it's it's probably not a good idea unless people save more money to then go to to better lunches or, or better dinners, better said. Uh, on the weekend, so i i 'm not sure if it's if it 's a net negative. you also have a lot less pollution from people commuting. You have less crowded trains and streets um, You have a lot more action in the suburbs right People just they move out of the cities uh because t- typically people either move to the cities for jobs or meeting other people. Uh, and there's a whole group of other people who move out of the cities. I have a lot of friends who now have kids and they all move to their parents for added support. You know, to your point, it is much harder to build rapport, to feel included at a company when you work remotely. Um, And on the other hand, companies have access to larger talent pools, right? You can can just hire someone full-time who might not take as much salary as somebody who's in an expensive city. And as a company, you don't have to pay for the very expensive offices, right? When I worked at G2... Uh, g2 has uh, two floors of a large office building here in downtown chicago that's uh that's some cheese right that's some money you have to pay every month and, and being able to save that or repurpose that is pretty attractive And you can play that back to the employees at shopify we got annual grants for buying stuff like desks or chairs and and other stuff to make work from home easier, um, expense, uh, gym memberships and whatnot. So, I think that money can be repurposed to a lot of good things. So Could tech be, hack, not always is though. Not always is, but you know, like like it's, it's. I'd be curious to to see what what tech workers do with the money that they save from going out to lunch.
1: I, again, I think we got to divide it for like tech workers and non tech workers it seems unfair. The tech workers are able to be home. Like I was in California when the pandemic started and there was this attitude of like, why can't everyone just stay home? Because tech workers were able to stay home. Like they were, you know, connected immediately. Whereas other places, especially essential workers, they had to go to work. You know, my wife is a, a teacher and she was home teaching on Zoom. That is very hard. How do you control a class on Zoom? Like the parents are off in the other room doing their own Zooms and the kids are like, making fart noises on zoom, destroying the whole class. So it, this essential workers, grocery store workers, doctors, teachers, like they need to be in a classroom. And suddenly there's this unfair thing. Like they still have to commute. So there's that, there's that part of it, the unfairness of it. But I, I think that there are companies that certainly paid it back, like the tech companies, they want to retain these smart employees, they paid it back. I think other companies that maybe went work from home, they're looking at the cost savings. you are like, well, you know, this is the employee's responsibility and they're going to have to take care of this themselves. I'll give them $10 a month for their lunch stipend, and but they're saving all that money on rent and internet. So the total divide in the economy. I feel like this sudden shift in the pandemic did something that we weren't really ready for. And I, I don't know that we should ever be ready for it. So I'd love to see like it all even out. I think part of like, like you said, the layoffs it's pulling people back into the office maybe things change and we we get back to some better equilibrium on what who should be working from home and how should they should be working from home. Well, I just want to go back to my earlier point about like people being disadvantaged in employment and and promotions. Public companies I think are required to show their 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 gender breakdowns in who they're promoting so maybe they'll be forced to promote more fairly but that doesn't mean it's necessarily fair for the person that is promoted. So if they are, they feel like their ratios or male-female ratios and promotions are off, they may promote someone because again, they're, they've shown up to the office and there's that opportunity, but you may have that really talented, capable person that has not been forced into the office and has not been forced into that meeting with the senior manager who now knows how smart they are. And yes, the company looks like they're promoting fairly, But the employee did not get promoted fairly. So that's why I feel like the strong push of like everyone should have that equal opportunity to like present to the CEO, even if it sucks. I I feel like so many of my opportunities came because I built those relationships in person, was, you know, at that meeting in person doing those kinds of things. I mean, forced to learn in person. Some people are not going to have that unless they're forced to.
0: I did. I do agree. For some people, it, it's not optimal. Um, in, I would go as far. I might, I might not make myself very popular with that statement, but I would go as far as that: if you need, you know, other people to keep you on track, then that's probably a bad thing. You probably want to want to develop habits around keeping yourself on track somehow. You know, to to your point, I did love the war room sessions at these companies where I worked in the office, where we would. Face a problem, and we would gather everybody in a room and just hash it out and figure out how to do that. And that is very hard to replicate um, when working from home. But to your point about you know equality and and, and opportunities, um, re- remote work or working from home actually actually increases um, equality in so far that, for example, people with disabilities or caretakers now have a have a better way to work or have have better opportunities to, to work. But th- there's one more stat that I wanted to, to, to drop that I found just very fascinating. So here it goes. The CEO of LinkedIn in uh, in December 2022 said that right now, 50% of job applications go to remote jobs. And right wow. now, the, the interesting thing is, so 50%, right? So half of all applications go to remote jobs because people really want to work. And the crazy thing is before the pandemic the number of or the, the share the relation of job postings for remote roles was one percent and as of today or as of december it was 14 percent right so you have more job roles and you have this huge shift where all of a sudden half of all the applicants want to apply for remote work or remote roles because they want to work work remotely it doesn't it doesn't it's not a, it's not a point against your or stat against you know the we all know that people want to work remotely, uh, but I just found it so crazy to see that half every other application goes to a remote role.
1: Yeah, you know what's fascinating? There was a who wrote this article. I'm looking at this on on uh, on Yahoo, but I don't know. Yahoo could be anything. I mean, you can't even believe Yahoo still exists. But <laughs> yeah. What's they, Yahoo? They have this data on who wants to work from home, and shockingly, Gen Z wants to work in the office.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's not... because
1: they're young people, right? They're yeah. young people. Yeah, uh, there's another interesting thing. I think Goldman Sachs was one of the first companies that forced their employees back to the office. Like back when like Google hadn't even put a date on it, Goldman Sachs forced their employees back to the office. And the CEO said the reason that they're forcing the employees back to the office is because that's who Goldman Sachs is. Like people, you know, graduate college and they work 90 hours a week at Goldman Sachs because they want to be forced into like that brutal lifestyle and build those connections and learn. Not because they want to work 90 hours a week on Zoom. So, that they felt was their differentiator for hiring is to make that basically hell years of forcing employees to learn quickly and how to become whatever they become at Goldman Sachs. And if they didn't, then they were just another bank that had, you know, college, you know, recent grads on Zoom. There was no differentiator for them. So, I thought that's fascinating. Like, that's just, gen- but again, those are the motivated people. The motivated people are going to work hard regardless, whether they're home or in the office. I feel like we need this pick me up, but let's let's wrap up and talk about like our individual hacks. Like I love working from home. I know you love working from home. Like, what's your biggest thing that that keeps you motivated? That, that keeps you on track at home?
0: Yeah, there's a couple of things, right? You, as you mentioned, you have to manage yourself more. Uh, and what's been huge for me is to just blocking my calendar. For certain things. I, I did that before as well. But when you're in the office, it's just not as easy anymore because you walk in and people just pull you in all sorts of different directions. And a lot happens in the moment. So now what I do when I work from home is I have very clear parts of the day where uh, I have slots for deep work and I, I assign a, a specific project for the deep work. I don't just do anything. It's, it's very scheduled in advance. And I have other slots where I take meetings. And what I love about that is I have have so much more agency about when I want to be in meetings and when I don't want to be in meetings and really place to when I have the most energy during the day. So that has been huge for me. I also use a browser uh, extension called Freedom to Block certain sites like Twitter and and Facebook that I just can't leave uh, alone. Um, so that that's one hack. Another hack um, that I love is I I have like a I'm pretty pretty deliberate about task management and managing my own tasks and projects, and I always know the top three tasks that I want to do the next day. So when whenever I start working, I don't start my workday with a meeting, but I start my workday with a, a complicated task or a big project, and I know. Already before I even sit down, what this what the top three things are that I need to get done that day, and then lastly, I I became a big fan and this started when I worked, when I started working from home, uh, of tracking my time and just seeing what do I do all day, right? Like uh, I use a is a tool called Toggle T O G G L uh, T O G G L, uh, you'll find it in the show notes, and it's it's it, it, you just you can just track your time on certain tasks, and it helps me to to fine tune and calibrate how much time I want to spend and actually do spend on certain activities, right? And some stuff that I learned early on was, oh, I actually spent way too much time digging through email and answering email. I should spend a lot more time on actually getting stuff done. So those are those are my top three. Eli, over to you.
1: That's great. I don't have anything to put in the show notes here because mine are just like, they're, they're just advice kinds of things. But my big one is, is getting dressed. Like this one I learned during the pandemic because I didn't get dressed. No one got dressed during the pandemic. And I realized I didn't feel like I was working. I felt like... I, I came downstairs in my pajamas and I just sort of like did stuff. And then I was like, oh, I didn't start working yet today, but I did. So like that getting dressed thing, I know like people talk to it all the time. It's like you'd get dressed and like go to the office. I don't have an issue with that right now because I bring my kids to school and it'd be really awkward to not be dressed when I drop them off at school. But I do feel like I got dressed and now I'm starting the day. And that's the difference between a work day and, and a weekday. Or sorry, weekend and work day. And then the the other one is going back to your 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 point. I love that about Um, Blocking time in a calendar. I actually don't use Calendly or calendar.com or any of those kinds of things because I look at my entire day as free with the meetings being blocking it instead of like, I I can't, I never understand why people just throw out Calendly links or other people drop things on your calendar because I'm very rigorous about splitting my day into working and meeting. And, you know, writing my book taught me this process of like when I'm able to do busy work and focus. And when I'm able to like do meetings and I discovered that mornings were my busy work time, that was like, I, when I was the smartest, I was the sharpest. So if I set myself a goal of like edit this page, I was able to do that in the morning, but in the afternoon I got super distracted. Like I'd want to check my email. I'd want to be like, Oh cool. There's a meeting that I could take right now. Like, let me stop my editing work. So knowing that I try to really like put the the things that I, when I need to be thinking, I put those in the, in the morning if I'm, if I'm talking to a brand new client, I'm onboarding a client that will be in the morning because I'll be at my sharpest and my smartest. Whereas in the afternoon, it might be more of a catch up kind of thing. So that that's why I don't use a calendar because like, I want to think about the, how do I, I put things together? I'll have days where I'll go meeting to meeting, like externally, like, you know, meeting people in person. And that'll be that kind of day where I feel like I didn't get anything done, but I built all these relationships. Or all days, well, I want to go back to back with clients because, like, I stay in that same mode. So I don't use those li- those those calendars because I want to put my days together. I want to say, like, oh, this is the next week that's going to be that kind of day, and I want it to be that kind of day. Whereas if something drops there, it disrupts that entire flow. And then my last thing is, I really try to leave the house every day because, and like, I'm fortunate that I live around so many amazing coffee shops, so I can like go to different places. But it, it allows me to feel like, because again, I'm not the proponent of only working from home. It allows me to feel like I'm not stuck only in my bubble and I'm seeing other things and learning other things. Again, I started working from home because I was working for myself and they worked for me. And I don't know what I would have done if I suddenly would have been forced on to, and not motivated and working for an employer who put time on my calendar hours. Like
0: if you have the opportunity to like run your own day, find the things that work the best for you. Fair, fair, fair. Uh, Let's wrap it up with some uh, books, as always. Um, One book that I'm a big fan of is called Deep Work by Cal Newport. I'm sure most people heard it out there, but if you haven't, it's it's a book about how to save time for challenging deep work, which makes you feel much more fulfilled and satisfied, but also helps you get to your goals faster and quicker. Uh, I became a huge fan of that, and that's why I block time on my calendar, and I plan tasks in advance so this book taught me a lot about being productive at home but also feeling a bit better about the work that you do because if you're like me or just a little bit like me then you hate the scatterbrain work and jumping all around and you 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 finish the day uh feeling very unsatisfied eli what do you have for us
1: i'm in the middle of this book called super founders i just picked it up because it looked interesting actually uh, it had a good cover so I always judge books by the cover. <laughs> that's why anybody writing a book should put a lot of effort into designing a good cover. I think we all do it. Just judge the book. Even worse, you judge the book by its spine because that's how you see it on the shelf. But uh, this book is it uses data to understand like what made billion-dollar startups and what makes billion-dollar founders. And what it's super fascinating. Like I started flipping through it, and then I like out of order, and then I realized like, it was very interesting to go through the data. Like The one thing I discovered from it Everyone always thinks you need a founding team and you don't like there's like billion dollar companies that did not have a founding team. They had a single founder and uh, the ages around founders like they're not all 25. They're not all like Zuckerberg kind of stories dropping out of college. So really cool book. Just interesting. Like if anybody aspires to be a billionaire unicorn founder and you feel like you've missed the mark because you don't fit in whatever you think they look like. This will be a very motivational book for you and for other people. To just, I think it will be fascinating data.
0: Love it, awesome! I think we got a lot of good stuff here today, Eli. Uh, I would say we we cut it here. Uh, everybody else out there, thanks for listening and, and tuning in. Uh, share your opinion about working from home with us. What has worked for you? What hasn't worked for you? Do you like it? Do you hate it? How should we think about it? Um, And yeah, this was episode number eight of the Contrarian Marketing Podcast. And now it's your turn. Head over to contrarianmarketingpodcast.com and subscribe to the free weekly newsletter to get a summary of today's episode, key takeaways and community content. And while you're there, go to today's episode and leave your opinion in the comments. We'll feature the best thoughts in the newsletter and on the podcast. Also, if you like today's episode, please feel free to leave 5 stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. As always, thanks so much for tuning in and here next week.